uh, we're on the journey, right? And so the journey is about discipleship, and, and we're blessed this morning. We have an addition. We have a discipleship. There's still no stormtroopers. Where's, where's Lane? <laughs> you still haven't found him? No? <laughs> All right. You only have the heads. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have no response to that. <laughs> but we also have from Noah, he, he painted, um, it, it's a heavy medium that he used. Uh, he's got, he painted discipleship on a concrete block, and that's beautiful, man. That's awesome. Well done. You know, that be you for him thing, that's what, that's what this is about, it is to be who you are for the God's glory. And Corey met, had wrote a post on Facebook that talked about Jesse is being who she is when she does her praise dance. And, and Lane, although he, we're still waiting on stormtroopers, you know, he, that's a Lego ship. <laughs> Lane built that. You know, it's a Lego ship. And be who you are and bring your giftedness to the table offer it to God, and that's what discipleship is about, so the challenge is still out there, we've got more room, in fact, we've got tables all over the place, I'd love to have lots of examples of what discipleship is, tap into your creative side, and go with it, this week we're going to be looking at Paul's story, and the grow groups are going to be looking a little deeper than uh, what I'm going to do this morning, but I did want to start with Acts chapter 26, verse 1. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you may speak in your defense. See, Paul had been accused by uh, the Jewish leaders, and so he was going to defend him, defend the hope that he has in Christ. So Paul, gesturing with his hands, started out his defense. I am fortunate, King Agrippa, that you are the one hearing my defense today against all these accusations made by the Jewish leaders. For I know you are an expert on all Jewish customs and controversies. Now please listen to me patiently. And just to remember, as we look at where we've been, a few weeks ago we, we looked at the story of the woman at the well. <laughs> I know it's up there this time. Uh, if you were here last, last week, you know that I challenged the congregation to remember what was on the slide. <laughs> they did great, by the way. They were able to read it perfectly. <laughs> but this is what the woman at the well, Jesus meets the woman at the well, right? And, and then she shares that story. God moved others came and lives are changed forever but if she doesn't share her story none of that stuff happens she had an encounter with Jesus and she couldn't keep it to herself and out of that a city was changed last week we looked at first uh, Peter chapter um, 3 and uh, in that it talks about to always be prepared to share with anyone the hope you have in Christ and that's a challenge for us to always be prepared but to do so with gentleness and respect. And I love that in, our, in the pas this, this passage this morning because Paul is he's very respectful to King Agrippa in, in how he presents um, the story that he's going to start with. Um, so the Jewish leaders had accused Paul of violating, and he had because he was preaching Jesus, and they were unhappy about it. So they tell the king what he's doing. And and they're upset with him, and they bring him before King Agrippa. Now, the Grow Group, as I mentioned, the Grow Group's going to cover this Acts chapter 26 in, in better detail. So I hope you're in a group. Uh, if not, fill out a Connect card. We've got more leaders that we can start more groups going forward. But I'm not going to go through the whole story in detail this morning. But I do want to use it as an example and make a uh, point beyond merely telling the story. Um, 
I think this is cr- that's critical to our growth as Christians. So Paul opens his conversation with King Agrippa, right, it, by addressing him with, with respect. And, and you're the guy, I'm so glad that I'm, I'm in front of you. You're the guy that really, I, you know, you're going to be able to understand this story. And you're going to be able to, to hear what I have to say. And, and he asks for patience at the, at the end of the, the first three verses as he begins to walk through his history. Now, Paul was raised in the church. Anybody in here been raised in the church? You know, uh, most of us. A lot of us were raised in the church. Now, there's great things about that. But like for Paul, Paul was really sure of himself. He knew what Scripture said. He was raised, as he would say, I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was raised in, in, this, in, 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 a, in a way that he, was under, he understood Scripture. He understood the Bible. He understood the traditional way to, that it was interpreted. And that's where he was as, as a person who had grown up in the church. He was very sure, I've got this right. I've got this right. The problem was, God had something else to teach. See, Paul was zealous in his pursuit of Christians. As Paul puts it, he, was, he, he voted to, to, uh, to kill Christians, and he also um, would bring them before the Jewish uh, leadership and, they w- and force them to renounce Jesus. That doesn't get as much play but in, in church, but he would do both. It wasn't just that, that, that he would have them stoned. He would, br- he would put them in a position where, okay, you're going to die or you're going to renounce your faith. What are you going to do? This is who Paul was. He was a zealot, great zeal for God. His conversion moment is one that's really famous in the church. It's the road to Damascus, and, and he's traveling in pursuit of Christians because that's what he was doing at that point. He was out to go get some more Christians and either have them put to death or renounce their faith in Christ. And suddenly a light and a voice that only he could, he could understand asked him, What are you doing, Paul? Why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you? Because he had no idea, right? He's raised in the church but he had no idea who jesus was isn't that interesting i am jesus whom you're persecuting and it transformed everything for him in that moment some of us have that not very many but everything changed for him now he became a follower of Christ and all of that zeal that he had put into persecuting Christians now moved into into uh, building up the body of Christ. Except, how do you think the Christians thought thought about? What do you think they thought about Paul? You're lying. Another trick, trying to get in here so you can put more of us to death. I don't believe you. And that would make sense, right? Because this is. Over here, we've got somebody who's, who's adamantly opposed to Christianity, and over here, we've got somebody who would become the apostle to the Gentiles. But Paul, there's a couple of things in this that I think are important for us. For Paul, it took perseverance. He couldn't just give up. He didn't just, thank God he didn't just give up. Time, obedience and faith 
And then he was able to move into the Christian community and become this apostle to the Gentiles that he became and a primary writer for us in the New Testament. This morning I want to take a look at verses 21 through 24. It doesn't get a lot of attention, uh, but th- in fact there's one verse in here in particular, that I, but I need the, the whole thing for context. Some Jews arrested me in the temple. This is Paul telling Agrippa his story. Some Jews arrested me in the temple for preaching this, and they tried to kill me. But God has protected me to right up to this present time so I can testify to everyone from the least to the greatest. I teach nothing except what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead. See, the Jews were waiting for a conquering king. They, w- they wanted to be freed from Roman rule. So they, they were waiting on this conquering king to come and set them free. And what they got was someone who died for them. And so Paul, being who he was, undoubtedly went back to Isaiah and went back to Scripture and went, okay, what is, I missed something. <laughs> so let me go figure out what that is. And, and he discovered the suffering servant passages. And, and then he began to understand who Jesus is and that he did, in fact, come to be the Messiah. It just wasn't what the church people thought. That the Messiah would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead and in this way announce God's light to Jews and Gentiles alike. Think about that. I've, I've said this before, but it's just astounding. For Paul, raised as Pharisee of the Pharisees, for them there were two kinds of people. Remember who they are? Jews, Gentiles. Chosen, unchosen. Us, them. To announce God's light to Jews and Gentiles alike is unfathomable. (laughs) Not done. And yet it's Paul's message. Thank God for that message. Thank God for the messenger. But this is astounding. Suddenly Festus shouted, and this is a verse we'll spend some time with, Paul, you're insane. Too much study has made you crazy. You're crazy, Paul. What's the, what, what in the world is wrong with you? Paul went from being the persecutor to being the persecuted. Paul had a strong understanding of Scripture because he spent time with it. This enabled him to engage in all walks of life. One of my favorite passages and stories of Paul is out of Acts 17, actually. He's in Athens, and he's going through, and they have all these idols. So they would have set up uh, idol to Diana, idol to whoever, idol to whoever. And there was this one. It was the idol to the unnamed God. And, and he's like, wow, they even have idols for gods they don't know about. Another idol and another idol. And then he's preaching Jesus, and, and the council hears about it. And that, so they call on him, and he comes before them. And, and, and they ask him, so what are, who, who is this Jesus that you're talking about? And Paul, because of who he is, because he studied, because he spent time learning Scripture, because he spent time learning the culture, because he knew that we're supposed to be in the world and not of the world, but certainly in the world, he was able to go to them. And this, this is amazing because he took what he saw, this tomb to the unnamed God. And he, and he told the council, he said, you know, I, I noticed all these idols, and I noticed this one, the tomb to the unknown God. Well, I'm here to tell you, who that unnamed God is. This unnamed God is Jesus Christ, and that's who I preach. I preach him, him risen. I proclaim him. See, you guys even, you have an a a, a marker for him, but 
but you don't know who he is. Here's who he is, and that's who I'm preaching. But it took study, it took understanding, it took work to prepare for the moment when all of that came together and he's able to present this to a council in Athens. And Paul did this a lot, where he would take circumstances that he ran into and use them to proclaim the gospel. Suddenly, Festus shouted, I just love that, Paul, you're insane! It doesn't say, uh, you have to shout it, right? Say it, say it with me. I mean, it's not like it. And suddenly Festus said, he shouted, Paul, you're insane. <laughs> Your great learning is driving me crazy. It's driving me crazy. You're crazy, Paul. You, you spend too much time in the Bible. Anybody ever told you that? Oh, are there spots on the carpet? <laughs> no one's told me that so let me confess that <laughs> see there's a kind of balance or, or, or I, I like better a weaving together of, of uh, sharing our story of the hope we have in Christ with working hard in our discipleship you know these are examples to remind us, hopefully, if, if, if these things will, you can take with you, that these discipleships, to remind you that this is part of who we are. We need to be engaged in discipleship. Paul's example is, wonderful, is awesome because it's how Paul went from anti-Jesus to pro-Jesus. But if we're not careful, we'll miss that it was because he, he worked hard at learning Scripture and culture scripture and culture god was then able to reach more and more people through his, through his, through that hard work see our start our stories are openings for conversations and they're not complicated you share the hope you have in christ our study is the magnet that draws people deeper into relationship with christ you get that our story opens a door and our study that that which we learn that god gives we give god more ammunition when we study and we know more scripture and we understand more and then he uses that to draw them deeper into relationship. Because that will be a deeper conversation that you get to have. It's why we're pushing so hard around discipleship and knowing your gifts and figuring out your calling. Those are important, important things if we're going to live out being who God has called us to be. And I want you to be who you are for him. It's not just a hashtag. It's be who you are, Jackie. For the glory of God. Be who you are. Don't be somebody else. Be who you are. God will use you in incredible ways. But we have to, we have to do the work. We have to prepare. So part of it is being prepared to defend the hope. And part of it is being prepared to know who God is. And to draw near to him. Into relationship with him. Too much study has made you crazy. But Mike... A lot of the people I know who study like that are some of the most rigid, inflexible Christians I know. They use the Bible to beat people up. And I don't want to be like that. Well, here's the great news. This is awesome news. When we remember, remember what, what Peter says, to defend the hope we have with gentleness and respect. 
Did Paul go to King Agrippa and say, hey, I know more than you, and I'm going to tell you about what? The no. He went in with respect, and, and he had a conversation. And when we go in with gentleness and respect, we don't become rigid and inflexible. It just doesn't happen. See, there's a reality that we can live in. Did you know that we are not the changers of the heart? You and I are not the changers of the heart. God is the changer of the heart. I can't change your heart, but I can offer myself to God and he can use me in whatever way, and then he can change the heart. God's round. So we don't need to beat anybody up with our knowledge. That's always about us. Did you, do you know that? That's always about us. It's not about God. God already knows he's pretty smart. God already has it together. Sometimes we think that we need to show out and show off. But that's always about us. See, I'm convinced that gaining knowledge just for the sake of knowledge or for self-gratification is not what God hopes for us. I believe that God wants us to become wise so that he can use that for his glory. He wants us to reach the place where the knowledge we have is actually able to be transformative. In other words, through the touch of the Holy Spirit, then it can transform lives because God is the one who's doing the transforming. And I believe that God wants to use each of us in that process. I'm going to show a little video of a gentleman that, that shoots, uh, has a really good jump shot and a great story. <laughs> We're playing two things at once, and we don't know where the other one of them's hidden. So, <laughs> so let me tell you what, what this is. It's Steph Curry. Uh, Steph was born and raised in a family that was a Christian family, and he's always kind of been a, he's always been a believer, and and that he plays that out. If you watch him at the end when he takes a when he makes a shot. He'll, he'll do this. It's the way that he gives glory to God in every game, every basketball game that he plays. He gives glory to God because he wants people to know about his faith. Now, he was always raised in the church, always knew God. But he was in church one day, and they, they told him, and this is true, so for our young folks and young, young people, they, the, he, he shares that the pastor said that, you, that your parents' faith is not enough, that you have to make the decision for yourself. And there will come a point when that's true, when you have to make that decision for yourself. And for him, it led to wanting to proclaim and share God in the NBA. And he does so very well. See, some of us have a story like Paul, where God did something really dramatic. You know, that's kind of my story. Um, God did something dramatic as he brought me into recovery. But others have stories like Steph Curry, where God was always there. He was always a part of his life. And there's stories all in between. But what, what kind of story do you have? 
Because that's what we're talking about. What kind of story is your story? See, a simple act of pointing to the heavens to acknowledge God is a way that, God, that Steph Curry proclaims his faith. And he does it at a very public level. What's your witness to your faith? What is your witness to your faith? How would people know that you are a follower of Jesus Christ? This week in our grow groups, and you have one of these in your bulletin, group members are going to be challenged to write out their story. And so whether you're in a grow group or not, I challenge you this week to write out your story. My life before I knew Jesus as Lord, how I came to know Jesus, and my life with Jesus. Keep it simple. Doesn't have to be long-winded. Sometimes words get in the way of our story. We want to know the heart. I had a guy who, who, who said, sometimes you need an elevator story. You know what an elevator story is? You know, you got on the elevator at floor number one, you're only going to floor number five. You're going to have a conversation with somebody about, about your faith. What would it say? What would, you, what would be your point? You, know, you wouldn't go into great detail. You would talk about the, the core of your faith. And so next week, Caden Westbrook is going to share a piece of his testimony. Larry Talbert's going to share a piece of his testimony. And we'll have some time for others as well because we want to be prepared to defend the hope that we have in Christ so that's next week so you have that in your bulletin if you don't there's bound to are there more back there Bob so there should be more back on the counter if, if we ran out um, preparation you know Paul wouldn't have been nearly the Apostle to the Gentiles that he was if he wasn't prepared. 